0: Welcome to another edition of CHP Talks. We are here today with Chris Sims of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, and we're going to be talking about Canada's fiscal situation today. So, Rod, why don't you uh, introduce our guest?
1: Well, Chris has been on our program before, back in July, and uh, we're thankful to have her back again. Uh, They continue to dig down for Canadians at the Canadian Taxpayer Federation. So, Chris... Uh, Sims is the BC Director of Canadian Taxpayers. Uh, she's a long time journalist in Canada. She was one of the founding reporters also for Sun News Network. And she's worked in and around government for more than 40 years. And that's a long time to be in and around government. So thank you very much, Chris, for joining us today.
2: Thank you.
0: Well, let's uh, let's launch out with a big question. What do you think is the biggest financial uh, situation, headache facing Canada today? And uh, how are you helping to expose it?
2: Uh, If I can sum it all up, uh, the policies of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, frankly, are the biggest (laughs) financial (laughs) headache. And I know I'm I'm cheating a little bit there because that's a whole basket of issues. But the two that jump out really quickly are, one, our debt is now more than $1 trillion. Wow. And I really encourage people to write it out with their hand with a pencil and a piece of paper. That's a one with 12 zeros after it. It's I've so big. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. And it's daunting, isn't it? Um, it almost like makes me feel queasy thinking about it. How are we ever going to pay that back? We don't know. Um, our debt clock, the one that we use at the Canadian Taxpayers Federation, and we, we bring it around Canada to promote the awareness of the federal debt, uh, is too small. We don't have enough room on it. We literally have to fundraise right now to find another deck clock in order to educate people. Uh, so there's that, there's the debt. And then there is the absolute about-face, I'll even call it a betrayal, of the carbon tax hike. Uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, uh, before the last election, said that he had no intention of hiking the carbon tax up past $50 per tonne. So did his current environment minister at the time, repeatedly, to camera. And now uh, they've announced that they're going to be jacking it up, uh, I think more than, I think it's four or five-fold. So by the time they're done give you an example, within the next decade, it's going to cost you close to $40 extra to fill up just a minivan. That's just in the carbon tax. That's not in other taxes. And that's also not obviously with the cost of fuel. So that is a gigantic hit to everybody. We use oil and gas every single day in our life. It's it's the lifeblood of our economy. It keeps us warm. It gets us to and from school. It grows our food in many cases. It dries our crops as far as the farmers go. Um, increasing the cost of something that essential is just going to be very, very difficult for Canadian families to manage. So those two big things jump out, the federal debt yep. and the carbon tax.
0: Yeah, so in terms of the carbon tax, um, that's going to be on yeah people driving minivans and that, but where it hits um, farmers and truck drivers, do they get a break on diesel?
2: No. They've announced no such thing. And mm-hmm. we've also not yet heard, maybe they'll come up with it, uh, these smart wizards in Ottawa. But as of right now, we haven't heard about any carve-outs for farmers, for example, using natural natural gas to dry their grain and their product. Uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but agriculture and farmers, they use natural gas to dry the product. I have personally seen bills of tens of thousands of dollars for these producers across the prairies uh, just for the carbon tax. And that's at today's prices. We can't even fathom what's going to happen within the next nine years. And as we all know here on the panel, nine years goes by very fast. And we have also not heard about any carve out at all for for truckers, as you point out with diesel. And diesel is carbon taxed. I'll also remind people that since natural gas is carbon taxed, propane comes from natural gas. So all of those home heating fuels that we use uh, are all going to cost much, much more.
0: so all of that will also come back and hit people regular people like i mean anyone listening who goes to the grocery store uh your produce gets there in a truck and it's grown somewhere using these uh these fuels right
2: exactly if you eat and stay warm and use stuff life is going to get more expensive for you
0: yeah well So is there anything so far that you've seen in the last while with, you know, there's a lot of scary stats being thrown around? Is there anything that's sort of been overblown that you think um, probably is, is being overhyped on the financial side um, with regards to Canada's uh, future, at least the next few steps?
2: Well, I wish I could say yes, but unfortunately, no. Uh, Our debt situation is bad. It's really, really bad. And on top of that, we don't have any indicator that anybody's pulling the emergency brake on the train here. Uh, Before all of this happened, before the rainy day of COVID-19 hit our shores, we should have been making hay while the sun was shining. We should have been approving our pipelines. We should have been using our natural resources. We should have been gathering those royalties. We should have been taking those income taxes from those very high paying jobs that people have in the energy sector. We should have been putting it away for a rainy day. But they weren't. They were spending it faster than they could even make it. They were printing it faster and borrowing it faster, as fast as they possibly could. And then we were hit with a financial crisis. So we were caught as, as most vulnerable as we could be, for no good reason. They had no justification to be spending money like they were. And now we're unfortunately seeing no indication that they're pulling in the brakes. Just to give you an example, just today, they announced, I think it was something close to $30 million, this was Minister Catherine McKenna helped make this announcement, $30 million for pop-up bike lanes and poetry. I'm serious. Like they just made this announcement. Now they're literally borrowing that money at interest with costs. And now our kids and grandkids are going to be paying for this government poetry and pop up bike lanes. It's madness.
1: Meanwhile, pipelines and petroleum that might have been uh, contributing to the national wealth, national economy and, and people who were depending on those things for jobs have been hit not only by this government's uh, policies, but by, by the policies down south where the Keystone was cancelled. So uh, at, at the same time, we're, we're adding nearly a billion dollars uh, a day to our national debt when we're mm-hmm. cutting off the ability to uh, repay that money. So where do you see that going?
2: No, we're good right now, unless they reverse course. And we always hold up hope. Hold out hope. Uh, people can have a change of heart. They can have a change of mind. Uh, there can be a new advisor that comes in. They can have that moment where they, you know, hit rock bottom, so to speak, and they realize it and they discover that they actually do need to be more fiscally prudent, or prudent at all. We should say not more. Um, so. All of this needs to change. They need to do exactly the opposite of what they are doing right now. They need to stop strangling our pipelines. They need to start encouraging employment in natural resources, using private money. We need to stress here before uh before Kinder Morgan walked away from the Trans Mountain pipeline, the one that goes out from Edmonton to Burnaby, that they're twinning, they were They were pushing money into people's pockets. They were privately employing people. It wasn't costing taxpayers money. In fact, once it was done, and even during the construction, they would have been making money off of those hardworking men and women who are out there twinning it from their income taxes. And then once it was done, they would have been making money off the royalties. But they fiddled around and screwed up for five straight years so that a private company threw its hands in the air walked away from their own infrastructure, and left us taxpayers holding the bag. And now we own the thing. And now it's our responsibility to finish twinning it. And so it's just a completely wrongheaded approach to all of this. And so we're just really, really hoping that something gets through to the PMO in Ottawa and his cabinet, and they reverse course here. They must.
1: Well, government has never been good at running businesses and so i i don't expect that this particular government would uh, even have an idea about building and operating a pipeline so it it's quite when when they did that when they purchased that pipeline i thought oh boy costs mm-hmm. are going to go up the efficiency is going to go down and it may never even get done all the problems that they were unable to solve Uh, For private business, they still have all those problems to deal with today. The opposition on many fronts and uh, none of that goes away just because it belongs to the government.
2: Yes, exactly. They haven't even hit the lower mainland yet. They're busy doing the site work here in the Fraser Valley where I am. Wait until they cross the river and they're trying to get through Burnaby. Just watch. Uh, If the indication of what happened with the railway blockades, remember those before COVID, (laughs) is any sign. Um, it's difficult to be confident. We'll put it that way.
1: Do you have any comments on the, the great reset? Uh, can you put that in a nutshell for our listeners?
2: Yes. Uh, so some will say the great reset is, you know, uh, conspiracy theory that there's a big plot to take over world dominant government, all that sort of thing. I can say from working on parliament Hill, um, the government's not really good at much. <laughs> the idea of actually being able to keep this all one great big secret and control everything, um, <laughs> I can't quite see that happening. However, the Great Reset as a concept and an agenda and a state statement of facts and a list of ideals from this group on the left is real. You can look it up, there's podcasts based on it. Um, His Royal Highness, uh, the Prince of Wales, Prince Charles has been a guest on that podcast. What I would describe it as is uh, a set of ideals and plans set forth by various uh, groups, actors and parties on the left. It's very similar, I would describe it, as the Green New Deal in the United States, or the Leap Manifesto that was proposed here in Canada. So, you know, things like, uh, you know, cracking down on the use of oil and gas, um, really extreme levels of what they view as environmental protection, um, universal basic income, uh, schemes like that, uh, the, the sorts of bread and butter of, of the left-hand side of the spectrum, uh, those are all being pushed. And some world leaders are signing up for it, where others are not. And so I'll be curious to see now what happens with US President Joe Biden, if he is a complete, you know, believer in this idea of the Great Reset or not. And the reason why they're calling it the Great Reset Is it because it goes either back to what you describe as either a canny or a cynical uh, viewpoint of never let a crisis go to waste, is the thinking there. And right now, with everything that's happened, economically speaking, because of the COVID-19 pandemic and the mess it's caused, they see this as an opportunity to rebuild the world and the economy in their own ideal. Um, Our issue with the Canadian Taxpayers Federation is that, again, government isn't very good at doing things, period. Like, they can't even quite figure out how to pay their employees properly. They still haven't figured out the software program problems with Phoenix. The wow. idea of them somehow controlling our means of production and food and how we're paid just <laughs> makes you shudder. And so that is to us what the what the Great Reset is. It is actually like a set, set group of goals and ideals that some people sign on to and others don't. Definitely something to keep an eye on.
0: And it's something that they were generally talking about before. Um, the opportunity came, and I and it seems to be that they're they're um, using, as you say, the, the the crisis as an opportunity to accelerate and maybe even uh, or at least accelerate their goals.
2: Yes, exactly. You can rush into a vacuum, right? Both policy-wise, when people are you know really in. Tough straits. A lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of people have had their salaries slashed over the last year. They don't know if their industries are ever going to come back. I can't. I've got a friend of mine in Brooks, in Alberta. She was before COVID running a hotel. She was a manager there, and her husband waited for months and months and months as an energy worker to get on with Keystone. So I don't know what they're going to do. So the idea of being able to reach for a solution. I've got nothing but empathy for that. But the problem is is it won't work and it will wind up putting us all into more debt because the policies we just talked about, about strangling your natural resources, jacking up carbon taxes, all that stuff, that's it on a global scale. And we, we shouldn't go that route.
1: The last time we had you on, we learned that you've been a taxpayer since you were 12 years old and uh, you're kind of unusual in that uh, category. But I think if Trudeau, uh, he may be thinking that uh, all young people will become taxpayers, maybe at 10 or 8, because how else is he going to pay this off? But it it is going to fall on our children and grandchildren to try to deal with this uh, huge uh, debt hole that he has created.
2: The way I try to visualize it for people, because I know, you know. That's hard to talk about. It makes you depressed and anxious. It's difficult. And it's also hard to conceive of a trillion dollars. You can't quite picture that. So I try to encourage people to just imagine you get five new credit cards in the mail, but you've put them all in your kids and future grandkids' names, and you're busy running around maxing them all out. That's exactly what this government is doing right now.
0: Yep. Well, that's uh, not exactly the most rosy picture. Sorry, <laughs> it's but it's a great conversation starter. Um, I think it's a good, it's a good uh, touchstone, a very practical example that maybe you the listener can use when you're chatting uh, next time and someone is talking about how great it is that the government is doing this or doing this or trying to uh, improve something, just give them the credit card analogy, and it's your name on it as the taxpayer. Exactly.
2: Exactly.
1: So, so we wanna encourage our listeners to visit uh, the Taxpayers Federation website. That's uh, taxpayer.com, is that correct, Chris? You,
2: you betcha. And what's good about the site too, is um, we have a toolkit of how to write a firm letter, how to make that phone call, how to be a real activist for good change uh, as a taxpayer.
0: Native and taxpayer. you often have petitions and, uh, and things up there as well. So check back from time to time and see if you can take action on those. They're usually pretty easy to, um, to do. And uh, I know we're almost at our time here. Any final thoughts?
2: Um, I just want to encourage people, um, no matter who you vote for, uh, we all need accountability and nobody will prosper when we have this kind of debt and this kind of spending behavior. And when we're trying to strangle our natural resources, nobody benefits ever especially ourselves, our grandkids, all those folks. So please take action, sign those petitions, write that letter, contact not just your federal MP, contact your local MLA because those folks talk and we need our premier of our province to put more pressure on the federal prime minister to pull his socks up and do better here.
1: uh, He's got lots of socks so uh, he could show them off by pulling them up, right? You bet. Wonderful. (laughs) Well, thank you very much, Chris, for joining us today. We appreciate the good work you and all your colleagues do at Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Uh, Keep up the good work, and we look forward to speaking with you again.
2: Thank you.
0: Thank you all for uh, for listening today, and we hope that you'll join us next week for another edition of CHP Talks.